Have you run into the situation yet where you have to record an episode of your podcast, but you're not in your normal studio? On this episode, I'm going to give you my best recommendations for how to get the best sound when you're away from your normal environment. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is podcastification. This show is all about podcasting. How to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. So here's the scenario. You've gone to a great conference. You're getting all kinds of great information and all of that brain juice that's flowing has got you thinking about podcast topics. And wouldn't you know it, it's time for you to record your next episode anyway. So is it possible that you can record right there in your hotel room and get a pretty good sounding audio? Well, that's what this episode of Podcastification is all about. I've been getting some requests for this topic because some of my clients have had that exact situation come up where they've got to do a recording. Maybe it's even a distance recording on Skype or using Zencaster or Ringer, but they actually just don't know how to go about it and get a good sounding audio. So in this episode, I'm going to give you quite a few options for how you can go about getting the best audio possible. But first, I'm going to talk about some of the things you need to be aware of when you're even attempting it. Anytime you're trying to make a recording, you've got to understand the variables that are going to affect the quality of that recording. And those primarily have to do with two things. Number one is the equipment you're using. And number two is the quality of the room sound. And by room sound, I mean the dynamics within the room that the sound waves that come out of your voice or from your noise producing devices are going to have as they bounce around that room. Because sound waves, remember, are this cyclical sort of a pattern up and down, up and down, and they're flowing through the room and they're bouncing off of surfaces. The softer and more cushy the surfaces are, the less bouncing there's going to be. It's just like when you go in a gym and you yell, it hits all those hard surfaces. I mean, the floor, the bleachers, the ceiling, there's hardly ever soft surfaces in a gym. And so you get the echoey sound. That's what causes echoes is the sound waves bouncing around. So imagine yourself in the scenario I've painted and you're in a hotel room. Well, the first thing you need to do if you're going to have any chance of getting a good audio recording is to look around the room and think through what kind of difficulties the room poses you. Now, you might initially think that a hotel room is probably not a very bad place to record because you've got carpet on the floor, you've got beds that are going to soak up sound, you've probably got curtains on the windows. Well, all that is true, but it doesn't necessarily translate into good sound. 
I mean, first of all, you've got hard surfaces for walls, which may be an issue for the sound. And you've also probably got some kind of environmental controls like a heater or air conditioner that could cut on and off unpredictably, causing you all kinds of headaches when it comes to your recording. So there are some simple things you can do to mitigate all of those issues. Now, the first thing I would address, and probably the easiest one, is the things like the air conditioner or the heater. Just go over to the thermostat and shut it off. I mean, just turn it completely off. If you get a little bit warm while you're recording, hey, that's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to affect your sound. So you can sacrifice your personal comfort for just a little bit in order to get yourself a better audio recording. You also want to put your do not disturb sign on the door because that's another way that you could be interrupted with some unexpected sound in the midst of your recording. Also, check your cell phone as you should always do. Make sure it's on airplane mode or do not disturb. Also, check the phone in the hotel room. And you may think nobody's going to call you, but Murphy's Law kind of states that if you're going to do a recording, Somebody's going to call you on that phone, whether it's the hotel front desk or room service or, or maybe even your spouse. But you need to make sure that you're taking care of the sources of possible sound interruptions. That includes closing windows and any other things that you can think of that could bring unwanted sound into your recording. Now, if you're at a conference, hopefully you've taken a microphone with you because the worst thing you can do if you need to record a podcast episode is to try and use the microphone that's built into your computer. I never recommend that. It always comes out sounding kind of tinny or like you're in a tin can. So hopefully you've got even just a portable microphone that you take with you for just such an occasion. Let me give you a couple of recommendations of fairly inexpensive microphones that are actually very, very good quality for the money that they cost. The first is the Audio-Technica 2100. The 2100 is a USB mic, so it can plug directly into your computer and you can record using Audacity or GarageBand or something like that. And you don't have any kind of interface in between. So you can get direct from your voice into your computer digital. That sounds very, very good. I've actually heard the Audio-Technica 2100 microphone in some mic shootout kind of podcasts where it's compared to other more expensive microphones. And quite honestly, the difference is so negligible that it's not really something I would even consider. There's no reason that I personally will ever buy a Heil PR40 or anything more expensive than what I currently have. And you might ask, what do I currently have? Well, that's the microphone I'm going to tell you about next. It's an Audio-Technica also. It's called the Audio-Technica 2005. I kind of consider the 2005 to be a big brother to the 2100 because it's my understanding that the 2005 was the first of the USB type microphones that Audio-Technica created. And it's a little more expensive than the 2100, but I can honestly tell you, I don't hear much difference in sound quality between the 2005 and the 2100, which I've already mentioned. So either one is a great microphone for you to have. Make sure you've got the USB plug with it so that you can plug it directly into your computer when you go on trips. 
and both of these microphones run just under a hundred bucks. Now, one of the great things about these microphones is they are what's called a dynamic microphone. Now, that may not mean much to you, but let me give you kind of a, an idea of what it means to have a dynamic mic. The other kind of microphone you will see most often is called a condenser microphone. And so to compare the differences or to describe the differences to you, let me give a little bit of an illustration. If you can imagine there being a bubble around the head of your microphone, And everything inside of that bubble is what the microphone is going to pick up, okay? If you can imagine that the bubble around a dynamic microphone is the size of a basketball, that's probably pretty accurate. That's about the diameter around a dynamic microphone that's going to very easily be picked up. Now, it will still pick up room noises that are off in the distance, but they'll be very muted and they'll be in the background, very much in the background. But with a condenser microphone, you're going to have a very different scenario. Instead of having a basketball-sized bubble around your microphone, it's going to be like a beach ball size. Or even bigger, maybe even one of those big exercise balls that you sit on. You know, it's going to pick up sound in a much broader range than the dynamic microphone is. And so... That's the beauty about both the AT2100 and the AT2005. They're dynamic microphones. So by virtue of the kind of microphone they are, they're going to pick up less extraneous noise or background noise in the room than the other microphones would. So I would recommend you get a dynamic microphone like either of these I've recommended. And if you want links to them, I'll include them in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 54. Or if you're listening on a smart device, you can swipe right or left, find the show notes for this episode or the description, and the link should be live right there. Okay, so we've addressed the extraneous noises in the room that you can prevent from happening. We've also addressed the kind of microphone that you're going to use plugged into your computer. Now, of course, you could use a digital recorder or something like that, but on a portable setup, I recommend the simpler, the better. So now what are we going to address? Well, now it's time to address the actual room acoustics. Now, if there's anything you can do to cut down on the hard surfaces in the room that sound waves can bounce off of, that's what you want to do. Now, let's break this problem down a little bit, though. Because it's not necessarily that you need to figure out a way to hang your your blankets and your pillows on the walls to cut down on room noise. If we shrink the problem the other direction, here's what I would recommend. What can you do to enable you to shelter your microphone from room noises? So go with me here for a minute. Is there a way you can set up your microphone such that you can surround it with, say, pillows or blankets or things like that so that the only opportunity your microphone has to pick up room noise is inside that little shelter or hut you're building around your microphone. Now, you will need to leave a section open so that it can pick up your voice as you speak, but there are ways to do this. Now, Some of this is going to sound kind of Mickey Mouse and kind of hokey, but it's not intended to be that way. If you need to get a good recording in a pinch, here are some of the things you can do. 
Number one, like I said, get all the pillows in the room, whether they're off the sofa or off the bed, and carefully build a little box around your microphone with an opening where you can speak into it. You will be amazed what this kind of thing will do. In fact, there are videos on YouTube of people using little foldable Ikea boxes and some sound foam to create a similar kind of thing. And if you want to do that and just take it with you, that would fix the problem for you straight away. Another thing you can do is put a blanket over your head, no joke, with a microphone inside the blanket with you and do your recording that way. Now, I can tell you I've done this a few times. It gives you pretty good sound, but you have to be aware that now your breathing is going to be a little louder in the microphone just because it doesn't have the space to get away from the microphone in, in terms of the sound waves. It's going to be able to, to be trapped inside of that blanket. And it's also going to get pretty stinking hot inside that blanket as you have that thing over your head. So it's an option. It sounds stupid. It looks stupid. It is stupid. Not at all, you dummy. But in a pinch, it really works. One other option you can do is to put your microphone inside the closet. And this only works if you've got things hanging in the closet. So you've got your coat, you've got your shirts, you've got your pants hanging in there. Maybe even put the pillows in the closet just to soak up some more sound. You can set up a closet in such a way that you can create a little vocal booth, so to speak. Now, I know about this because my very first podcasting studio I set up in my walk-in closet in my house. And it got the best sound of any place. And so think about your average hotel room. If the closet is not too close to the door, and the reason I say that is because, you know, people walking by outside, kids running up and down the hall, you know, if you pick that up on your recording, it's going to be in your recording. So if the closet is kind of away from the door, which in many hotel rooms it is, you can maybe open the doors up, set your microphone inside, hang your clothes, hang blankets inside the closet, hang them over the doors, and create yourself a little vocal booth that you can stand inside of to do your recording. Now, if you're going to do any of these where you're kind of sheltering your microphone, here's what I would recommend. Keep your computer itself outside of that shelter if you can, because the computer fan noise, just like your breath in the previous example, is going to be magnified inside that shelter and your microphone will probably pick it up. So if you can avoid having your computer inside that shelter, you're going to get much better sound. Now, there's one other option for getting better sound that I've seen people do on YouTube. And it's something I'm going to actually experiment myself. And what they've done is they've taken the idea of an actual product out there called a Chaotica eyeball. It's this foam ball that you can arrange on your microphone so that it's doing essentially what I've described. It's sheltering your microphone from all the room noise. And I'll put some links to the Chaotica eyeball in the notes for this episode as well. But I'm also going to include a link to a DIY kind of an approach some guys have done on YouTube patterned after the Chaotica eyeball. Now, why would you do the DIY? Well, because the Chaotica eyeball is pretty expensive. It's not something that most people are going to want to invest in. But if you could do this DIY thing and have it packed in your luggage, just like the other Ikea hack that I mentioned earlier, you might be able to make it an easier approach to sheltering your microphone 
so that you can get good recordings if you're on the road. Now, obviously, these DIY things are things you probably are only going to want to do if A, your normal recording studio needs some sheltering for the microphone, or B, you're on the road a lot and you really would like to have a truly portable recording studio that you can trust to be the same kind of sound consistently and that is small enough and easy enough that you can pack it in your luggage and take it with you. Hello? So those are really the issues you need to be concerned about when you're thinking of recording away from your normal podcasting studio. My suggestion is think through all of these options and see which ones might work best for you. Thank you so much for listening to Podcastification. If you would be so kind as to swipe right or left and find the sharing functions on your smart device or even on the website where you're listening to this and share it with a friend. Now, of course, you can blast that out on social media if you want to, but I would rather you take the time to share it using a text or an email with somebody that you know, someone personal, and add a personal note and just tell them why you think they would enjoy this episode of Podcastification. All right, it's time. You know what it is. It's time to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.